Welcome to The Dangerous Leader, where we invite leaders to share their best experiences thriving in a world that expects them to conform so that you can thrive too. What's up, y'all? I am Dr. Jennifer Murphy here, and I'm super excited. I got a brand new producer in the box today. Hey, Craig. Hi. It's me. It's it's me. Yes, we've got Craig. Je- you know, that sounded very Rick and Morty there for a second. You're like, hey, it's me. Oh, hi. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, my God. You're perfect. You should sign up for some vo- voiceover work, there we my go, friend. Yeah. I'll, uh, replace uh, <laughs> I'll replace him with me. Yeah, so we've got Craig Johnson here in the producer box, and I have to be honest, I did prep Craig a little little bit for this question since he is a newbie in the box. <laughs> but Craig, tell me when I say I'm going to talk about a being a dangerous leader, what comes to mind for you? So the thing that comes to mind to me is not really anything negative that I, I feel like some people would be like, oh, dangerous leader. Like, I feel like some people would take that in a bad way. Yeah. Uh, not to be too on the nose, but I'm like, Old dudes right. who are afraid yes. of people being oh. dangerous. Like, yes. I want yes. you to conform and do what I say. Yeah. So for <laughs> me, when I hear dangerous leader, it, it is more of like a, it's kind of synonymous with like being that like go getter, yeah. being that like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do mm. and I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make that happen. And if mm. you want to work with me, that's awesome. And yeah. I would appreciate that. If you're, not yeah please get out of the way yes (laughs) hell yes hell yes i love it that's so perfect because it is it's about you know when the phrase first came to me about being a dangerous leader it was a challenge from one of my coaches who was like why do you think it's so hard for people to do what you're coaching them through and i was like because it feels dangerous to defy what other people are expecting from you yeah that was the moment that the idea of leading dangerously living dangerously all of those things were born so thank you you're You're like you're my new hype man because you just described (laughs) it perfectly dude (laughs) (laughs) so along those lines um what i've done with that little seed is i have created what i call the art of living dangerously leadership model which is ruthlessly focused and hoping um (laughs) to help other people succeed and so that's really you know when you hear people talk a lot about what's your passion, what's your purpose, what's your core, all those great things. And that's really what mine always comes down to is I just want to help other people to succeed. So this episode is a little bit special today because this is the last episode of season one. And I could be sad about that, that the season is over, or I could be excited about the fact that I've created something here. birthed a little baby Dangerous Leader podcast here, and I'm super excited about it. Um, have been getting some pretty positive feedback on what's been going on here, have had some really great conversations with some of my guests, um, and have really enjoyed it. But I've been reflecting, um, I was sharing with Craig before the show that on Wednesday, I did the longest road trip I've ever done. (laughs) So (laughs) 19 hours from San Antonio to Cedar Rapids, um, and that included stops and all that stuff, so it wasn't just straight driving. But it's a long time in the car, and it's a long time to sit and reflect. (laughs) So knowing (laughs) that I was coming in here today, and I was going to be recording this season wrap-up, this final episode of the season... What I wanted to do was was really kind of reflect on this past year <clears throat> and share three of the big things that I know I've learned as I've been living my life as a dangerous leader and trying to really be that person that I want to help other people be as well. 
Um, I've always been a big fan of the saying that's always attributed to um, Gandhi, which is, you know, be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, I'm also kind of paradoxically very good at seeing the changes that need to be made, helping other people make them. And then it's the classic story of the mechanic with the broken down car. (laughs) So, and that is, you know, a lot of us know exactly what I'm talking about because you also do that. So ironically, if I time travel back to 2010, when I first started doing coaching work and I first really started working as a um, personal and executive coach, the first blog article that I wrote was called, Are You Busy or Productive? And fast forward now 12 years, that was the lesson I struggled with all year in 2022. And so I wanted to talk about that just a little bit. The second thing I wanted to talk about, second and third things that I wanted to talk about really support that idea of busyness versus productiveness. Um, The second thing would be being true to yourself. And the third is caring for yourself. And I'm going to share a couple of things out of my life that have happened that have really highlighted those points for me. Um, in such a way that I hope that you'll hear the lesson for yourself as I talk about it. So let's start first with this idea of what does it mean to be busy versus productive. Tanya Green, who was a guest on the show this season, um, when I approached her and we were kind of opening up the show, I said, you know, you're one of the busiest people that I know. And so I'm really grateful that you're here. And she reacted with, I'm not busy. I don't have a busy life. I have a full life. And that was so revolutionary for me to hear in that moment from her. I went on and I, as I listened back through the episodes from this season, I heard that theme over and over and over again, that people, when they're doing the things that they love, it's not about being busy, it's about being intentional, and it's about pulling in the things that they really love that help to feed their soul. So over the last few months, I've actually been working with an executive coach kind of on this issue, because where I was finding myself was just entirely too overcommitted to a lot of things that I really love. Like at the end of the day, there's not anything that I had overcommitted to that I didn't have a a thread of passion for. But what was happening was all of those things that I was passionate for were draining me because I wasn't making them, um, wasn't making them a productive contributing part of my life. I was making them something that was a obligation. And there's a very different energy between wanting to participate in something and feeling obligated to participate in something. And so as I've worked with my coach over the last few months, uh, what we've really worked on is what are those things that really get me closer to that life that I really want to be living? And that has gone back to this question that I've been asking myself for years that I've given to clients over the years as I've coached with them which is, you know, is what you're about to do going to get you closer to or further away from the life that you want to live? And I think that's a powerful question for each and every one of us to sit with every day as we're evaluating this idea of being busy versus productive or overwhelmed versus living a full and fulfilling life. You know, you can substitute any word for busy versus productive, but you know, you know the emotion that I'm talking about if this is something that you're struggling with. And so I'm very proud to say that over the last um, even few weeks, there have been some things that have been, you know, things that I loved doing, but that quite frankly were starting to feel like a weight to me that I've been able to let go. And I feel like I'm in this process of, um, I'm not going to say it's reinvention. It's almost affirming who I need to be as I move into this next phase of my life. And so it's very fitting that all of this is happening as we wrap up season one 
of the dangerous leader. This has all had to come at this price of being true to myself and caring for myself because over the last 12 months or so, I can't say that that's that I've consistently done that. Um, I've made some decisions that have been based on what do I think is going to be best for other people in my life in a way that has put me on the sacrificial block, parts of myself on the sacrificial block. And I've realized how detrimental that is, that when you sacrifice yourself, I mean truly sacrifice yourself, you do give something up. Now, when you give something up in the service to others that then returns to you in a way that replenishes your soul and feeds you and makes you feel very good, there's nothing wrong with that. But when all you're doing is giving and your cup is never refilled, you really just become an empty shell of a person. And I found myself feeling like an empty shell of a person um, earlier this summer when my husband had gotten suicidal, I'd had to put him into, I had had to take some actions to get him put into some um, care to treat that. Um, I was dealing with um, additional dog in the house. My, you know, I have a teenage son. I was working two jobs, volunteering in 13 different organizations. Um, when I added up the number of hours that I was being asked to contribute to things, I literally did not have enough hours in a week. Um, and that was without sleep. And so like that's that's too much. That's pushing someone too much. What I had heard about a year prior to that on a podcast, um, my friends at Security Halt Podcast, they do a, a great mental health um, advocacy podcast, and it's it's by veterans, and they're really talking about the veteran community, which needs a lot of help. My husband's an active duty service member. Um, that's been a tough thing for us to navigate. But what I had heard someone say on the Security Halt podcast was that often a trauma response can be to just make yourself busy. And you make yourself busy so that you don't have to deal with the shit that's going on in your life. And I realized when I heard that podcast the first time that that's what I was doing. And so I had gone in and gotten some mental health care and actually had my PTSD diagnosed and all those kinds of things. Um, but then fast forward a year later, now I'm dealing with this stuff with my husband. I'm dealing with this, you know, I've, I had just changed jobs, you know, all the things that, that a normal life really brings you. And then I had multiplied that by about five, probably, um, to make that even harder. And I had this kind of, you know, in, in Alcoholics Anonymous, we call it, um, you know, this moment of clarity. And you'll hear in Christian faith systems, you'll hear, um, you know, having this uh, epiphany or, you know, and so, you know, search through all the different belief systems and you're going to find different words for these moments. But I think what it really was was just a moment of, of realization that I was not being true to myself. I was not living in alignment with my values. I was not living in alignment with my priorities. I was. I had. I found myself once again trying to find my worth in the validation of other people, and that's just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> like I mean, just it's just a bunch of bullshit, y'all. No one else can validate your worth. So fuck that. Set it aside. Like let's go back to reality. Okay. Um, I, you know, when I, so I took a step back and that's when I started working with my coach, Jason, and just started sec, just separating some stuff and figuring out what is really important to me. Um, you know, 
when I'm living by everybody else's systems, I'm not being a dangerous leader. I'm just conforming to what everyone else wants. And that is that is so unnatural for me that I then get pissed off and resentful as I'm like, wait, wh- why do I have to make Craig happy? God damn it. Like, yeah, he's a great guy, but uh, fine, I'll go do that for him. But I'm going to freaking be pissed off the whole time. Like, that's not the energy to try to be of service to people. So... You know, so I had to step back and, you know, really reacquaint myself with my values. And that then introduced this, reintroduced this idea that I needed to take better care of myself. And so, you know, I had this kind of thing around, you know, I'm being more busy than I am productive. I'm not fulfilling myself. I'm um, emptying myself. And that's coming from a place of not being true to myself. So now how do I take care of myself? Well, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not freaking great at that. Like I know people who are super good at being, at taking care of themselves and setting time aside and doing all the stuff and things that are amazing. And, and I'm not talking about the bullshit that you see on Instagram. I'm talking about the legitimate, they're doing it every day and they don't feel the need to put it on Instagram. Those are my people. (laughs) So I don't know about y'all, but, um, Going into this idea of having to care for myself, um, that's that has been maybe one of the biggest challenges that I've ever had in my life. Um, and it's been a lifelong challenge is how do I value myself enough to care for myself at least as much as I care for other people? Um, I am one of those people that will give you the shirt off my back if I care about you. Um, if I don't care about you, we might have to debate it. But if I care about you, I'm going to give you the shirt off my back. And um, it's and it, it will be at my expense. Um, and I'll, I will do that over and over again. And at the end of the day, that doesn't necessarily help you or me. I have been working very hard on things like my morning routine. You know, getting up in the morning and doing the things that I know I need to do to level set my day. I've also been working um, with a um, with a health coach. Um, I know that's not what she likes to be called. I'm forgetting what she likes to be called, but Caitlin's been amazing. And so I um, started working with her, and it's been less about, like, here's your workout program, here's your rigid diet that you have to follow, and it's more about what are those goals that you want for your health and what are the things that we can put into place that are going to help you. It's not about buying the million dollars worth of supplements or subscribing to a workout that's going to kill me every day and that I'm not going to enjoy. It's about let's set those set those habits and routines up for success. So I'm standing here saying this, and as I'm, I'm talking about these coaches I've got in place and all this stuff, I'm realizing how goddamn privileged that sounds, right? Like, hey, life is hard, but all you got to do is hire some coaches. I'm not here to be Rachel Hollis. Like, that shit is crazy. Um, for those of you that don't know what I'm referring to, in the midst of all the social un- injustice that was happening in 2020, 2021, and continues today, um, Rachel Hollis, who's the author of Girl, Wash Your Face, came out with this whole Instagram thing about like essentially saying, like, I don't know why everybody's thinking it's so hard. Like, my life is hard, too, and it's so amazing. Well, this woman's a millionaire. She's got a staff of 50 that's supporting her. Like, sorry, not realistic. So when I say that I've got these coaches, like, let me kind of demystify that just a little bit. I don't pay Jason. (laughs) He doesn't want to be paid. Um, I'm actually helping him as he creates his coaching certification. And when I saw that opportunity pop up, I was like, 
I, you know, first of all, that's an opportunity for me to help an incoming coach. And second of all, I need some help right now. And if I don't have to pay for it, that's awesome because I don't have a huge budget because talking about financial health is a whole other episode. We're not going to go into that right this second. But I don't pay him. I was fortunate to find that relationship. And there are those relationships out there. And in fact, I have often worked with people on a pay what you can model because I believe that everybody should have access to that kind of support. And I think that it's important that we allow them to have it. I only do that with people where that is a legitimate need, A, and B, that I'm the right coach for them. Um, I'm not the right coach for everybody. But if you're listening to this and you're in that situation where my message is resonating really strongly with you, like don't let money be the thing that holds you back from, from trying to find that better path for yourself. Um, so that went a direction I wasn't really planning on it to go, but here we are. Let's go back to, to caring for self. You know, the other thing is, you know, I talked about that health coach. Well, that was something that, um, I had been trying for so long to get myself back into a workout routine, back into a nutrition routine. And what I realized is I could probably do the workout stuff all on my own. I'm a military veteran. I've been exposed to a ton of different kinds of workouts. Like I know how to work out. What I realized I didn't know is despite all of the things that I've done in the nutrition sector, I didn't really, like, I don't know necessarily how to feed my body for optimum health. And so um, the, the only reason that I went and kind of hired this health coach was they had offered a scholarship. And so I applied for that scholarship. And while I didn't get the full scholarship, um, I was able to work out something that fit within my budget to make this work. And so... When we're talking about caring for self, you don't have to always go to these external resources. You know, in my case, that was what I needed and I was able to make it happen. There's lots of ways that you can prioritize yourself, um, whether that's just setting up that morning routine like I talked about. It's saying no um, when you need to. I think one of the most radical kind of mind fucks for lack of a better term that I had this year came from my friend Matt Mylot, who will not be surprised to hear me say that um but he is uh, one of the owners of Signal Fire Media out in Wilmington North Carolina he's a Marine Corps veteran we became friends um through a shared connection with a veterans volunteer organization that we have and we were we have some of kind of this shared perspective in life, shared things that we're, we are challenged by. And so we were just kind of texting um, one day and he recommended a book to me called um, Essentialism by Greg McKeown. And there is a part of that book that resonated with me more strongly than anything else um, and that has helped me more than probably anything else um, in all of the things I've talked about. And that that challenge was if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. And so anytime you are presented with an opportunity to go out to dinner with friends, go, go to lunch, start this new program, read this book, watch this show, you know, volunteer in an organization, whatever it is, if it's not a hell yes, I'm in, then it's a no. Now, that might sound extreme to some of you, and I can already hear the but, 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 buts that come that follow that kind of idea. But I can tell you that I have interrogated myself with that question over and over and over go and over and over and over. I can keep going with some things over this past year, and it has helped me immensely to really ask that question. Is this a hell yes? 
am I willing to say no to something else by saying yes to this? And if it's, if it's at an 80% for me, it's a no. If it's at a 90% for me, it's a no. I have got to become ruthless with the care for myself the same way that I am ruthless with the defense and ag- advocacy for others. As you go into, you know, here we are calendar-wise toward the end of 2022, um, the year that felt like it would never get here and now like went by with a snap of a finger. Um, You know, so here we are wrapping up 2022. I'm wrapping up this season of this show. We're moving um, into a new year, a new phase. And my friend Diane, I think, put it so perfectly the other day. We were having lunch. It was on Veterans Day. And she said, you know, I just this in these past few months, I've just really gone into what I'm calling the year of Diane. And I was like, tell me more. (laughs) And she laid out all of these ways that she had basically gone in and addressed all these things that she had been letting that she had been letting kind of um, ferment inside of her and not in a good way. And so I was just like, that is so beautiful. So what I challenge to you, what I offer to you as you're thinking about this coming year, this change in the cycle, I'm not big on New Year's resolutions, but as you think about this change in the cycle from 2022 to 2023, and you start to paint that art of the possibility, there's two things I want you to to try to carry into that if you really want to live as a dangerous leader. One, if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. Just write it on a sticky note. I'm thinking about getting it tattooed on my hand. So every time I go to click yes, I see it. Um, It's not a hell yes, it's a no. And let this be the year of you, where you distinguish being busy versus productive. You really step into being true to yourself. And you really step into caring for yourself at least as much as you care for other people. So that wraps up season one of the dangerous leader. (laughs) So if you like what you heard, you've got any comments or suggestions, do me a favor, like and follow the show. Season two is coming. Uh, And I love your feedback. I really do. You can find a list of any of the resources I talked about. I'll throw out those books. I'll throw out those contacts, those people's, those people's, my peoples that I mentioned. Um, and you'll find some of that in the um, the link in the show. But I'm also going to put it at dangerousleader.com. I've got a blog out there. And I try to summarize some of the shows and, and just highlight some of those resources that might help you. You can also go out there and connect with me on Instagram. Um, I'm on Instagram through my business as at dangerousleadergroup. And I'd love for you to connect there as well. But here's the thing. Before we sign off. I've got to give credit to the amazing team here at LAS Media Network. Um, You've heard three different producers in the box, um, and every single one of them has been a part of my team since day one, trying to get this show going. The support of the network has been amazing. I cannot say enough about what these guys have done for me and helping me grow as a podcaster, grow as a person, and just feel part of a community here in Cedar Rapids. So LAS Media Network, Amazing, awesome. If you have interest in a podcast, go to uh, what's the website? It's in your LASmediagroup.com slash. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. I was about to do the plus plus. Yep, yep, you, yep. No, you can subscribe to LAS yes. Plus if you want. Yeah, so if, if you want ad free episodes yeah. of your favorite LAS Media po- 
Media Group podcast, um, go to LAS Net. Ugh, LAS. We're gonna get through this. <laughs> LAS Media Network dot com Medi- slash plus. Yeah, I think right? Media Network also works, but LAS okay. Media Group dot com <laughs> and then slash plus. We want the plus. We got all there. Right. <laughs> I do not want you to edit any of this no, out. Okay, keep, leave keep it, it all. all in. Yeah. <laughs> But all you've got to do out there, and you also can um, subscribe that way. Um, it's a very low fee a month, and you're supporting a local business here in our ecosystem, which we love. I'm a huge fan of all of that stuff. So, um, so again, um, this has been a great experience. Can't say enough about that. And I'm just ready to to send everybody everybody off out into the world with just the idea to remember to lead dangerously and be you. 